It's just beautiful and it is ridiculous, but it takes itself seriously. Do you think it does? I, in, a, in a way, it knows what it is. It it's, knows what it's, it is yeah. and it can It's aware. To it. This is episode 112 of Flixwasher Podcast. In our studio today, we have Alice. Hello. We have Mike. Whoop. And as always, we have Kobe. Whoop. And we're here to that review. Was Mike again. <laughs> and we're here to review. Furious 6, or Fast and Furious 6, however you want to go. The sixth one. Guys, if you want to get in touch, join us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Come and visit us on our website, FlixWatcher.tv, and go to iTunes. Subscribe to us, review, and share with your friends, because sharing is caring. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language, and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. We have Alice and Mike as our guests in the studio. If you would like to say hello and tell the listeners uh, where they might have heard your voices previously. Uh, well, you might have heard me on the Bugle podcast or my own podcast, Tea with Alice, or my own uh, uh, series of three specials, which is called the Alice Fraser Trilogy. I'm very imaginative in that way. Uh Otherwise, you can find me online in, in various places, in various video forms and spoken and written words. Uh, for me, you may have heard my voice here right now as you're listening to it. Uh, podcasts I've been on. I've been on Alice's podcast. I've been on uh, Pete Holmes's podcast. You made it weird. That's pretty fun. I've been on my own podcast, uh, Broccoli and Ice Cream. Uh, and I, I've been on I've been on many albums of my own. That's a weird thing to say. I've produced stand-up comedy albums uh, that you can get wherever you get those. The most recent's called No Kidding, and I have a special on Amazon that you can watch called Small Dork and Handsome. And if you search for M Y Q K A P L A N, that's Mike Kaplan, and that's me. And you can find me if you, I'm not hiding. Yeah, you both you both are on Amazon Prime. We shouldn't necessarily be bigging up the, the competition, um, but that's where you, if you want to find more of these guys and their stand up uh, shows that they've got live that they've got released, then oh yeah, if you're listening and you like them, go find it. Go find them. Um, but, but listen so, to this episode first. Listen to this episode first, and then also we'll maybe petition Netflix to get these guys on Netflix because it's, it's better than Netflix, better than Amazon, isn't it? If you're listening, I, I'm, I'd be happy to be back on there. <laughs> yeah. As as ever. Yes, if you if you listen on, you'll hear our personas, if not necessarily our comedy, because I take Fast and the Furious very seriously. Okay, well, let's, let's dive into that. You chose, Alice, you chose Fast and Furious 6. Can I chose you, the Fast and the Furious 6. Can you tell us why you chose it and give us a brief synopsis? Uh, so it's difficult to synopsis any of the Fast and the Furious movies individually because they are... In some ways, very different from one another, but mostly interchangeable in that it is uh, a lot of people driving cars and a lot of narrative about family and... Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it narrative or do they just say it every other sentence? Every well, it is narrative in the way that, for example, The Bold and the Beautiful is narrative. And I have uh, I have a, a belief strongly that this is The Bold and the Beautiful for... Um, for people who like cars. Syllabically, it's identical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Syllabically, it's identical and also in many ways, plot-wise, it is identical. You have uh, you have lost siblings, you have amnesiac uh, lovers, <laughs> you have revenge and, and... It's a car soap opera. It's a car, it is absolutely a car soap opera and that is what I love about it. I think there is a, a, obviously and, and quite openly a trashiness about it mm. that revels in these in these archetypes and and these sort of arcane convoluted plot points that are in many ways almost irrelevant to your enjoyment of the film, which mm. is just And can, can I add also the films, they do, they're not all interchangeable because I think the first four are all just about racing each other, like, you know, sort of like criminals racing. But then in the, the fifth one, I think was really the one that got me into it. Like I watched the first one. It was one. the one that really got a lot of people into it. Yeah, cause it, and it was like, it was more a heist movie. It was like, it was, more exciting to me like cars cars racing is not very exciting to me even Michael, i'm going to stop you there because we haven't had the synopsis oh, yet oh so sorry yeah i mean that really that really uh, was the <laughs> synopsis uh, you find out letty's not dead she has amnesia she's working for the bad guy uh, letty is the ex-lover of vin diesel who is dominic toretto who's the core of this family uh, it it becomes <laughs> 
So, yeah, it is one of these just delightful things. It has Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, the other bald-headed muscle man playing opposite Vin Diesel. And um, it's interesting to watch the eye lines in these movies because they put Vin Diesel closer to the camera so he looks like he's of a size with, uh, with the Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> although he obviously isn't. Uh, he's more like paper or scissors. <laughs> so it, it, it's... Nice. Okay. I see what we did there. Thank you. <laughs> I just enjoy it so much. It, the whole thing defies logic, but it has its own internal physics. You can watch cars jump over bridges or get flattened by tanks or hang off planes. Sometimes have- uh, go out of a building into another building, like That's, up in mix, the air. You're mixing yeah. that with Fast 7, I think. Oh, no, I'm just saying in okay. general. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Oh, so the, yeah. the Fast and Physics, the FF universe has its own physics, which is... Ridiculous. Yeah. Physics that's probably spelled F F Y S I C S. Yeah. yeah. Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez have a, a punch up, a silent punch up, mm. uh, where they don't talk about men. So technically, it, follow, it, it, it passes the Bechdel test. It's not, it's, it's, that's a tech. <laughs> Can I just ask? So, um, did you pick this specifically because you wanted to pick the sixth one, or did you just want to pick anyone that was available? I on wanted Netflix? to pick anyone that was available on Netflix. Okay. I, I I want to kind of make a. a maybe an argument for The Fast and the Furious because I think a lot of people dismiss them as trash or as guilty pleasures. And I embrace them them as trash. Yes, I think there's room for them. I think you have to embrace them. You have to, if you recommend it to someone, say, it's going to be nonsense, press play. And that's that's pretty much what you need to say. And if if they embrace the chaos, then they'll probably enjoy it. If they don't embrace the chaos, then you can understand why they won't enjoy it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it is incredibly impressive nonsense as well. I think people dismiss the the challenge of making it at all coherent, and it is coherent, uh, even though you have multiple cars <laughs> moving around in different ways. There's sort of car ballet happening, and each of the cars has a different personality and, and uh, sort of tech specs. And even though none of the things that they do are possible, they are internally consistent with the car and the driver and the personality of the car and the personality of the driver. Nothing that MC Escher does is possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but it is beautiful in its own way. As, as you were talking about, Mike, is this Fast Five was a clear delineation between, well, Fast and Furious 1 kind of had like a, a thought line through it and we're going to do... A serious car point, heist point movie. break with cars point break, point break with cars and then it just becomes a bit boring and po-faced and then Fast Five they think let's bring The Rock in here and he's going to turn everything up to eleven T. yes indeed um, so how, how do you rate the first four versus the second set of Fasts well there's an argument for the people who liked the first four mm. that they were more gritty and uh, realistic in, <laughs> in air quotes that there was something more um homemade about them, that even the graphics and the CGI were more sort of... It's a CGI, what are you talking about? Isn't it all... Well, in the first one, I think this is something that people objected to about the first one, is that it is very gritty and Mm. and street-based, but that whenever the the cars fire up, you go through this kind of um, bullet-time Matrix-style journey through the engine, Mm. as as and when the engine starts and as and when they they fire up the NOS, NOS. you, you get you get this kind of journey through the car. Uh, Helen's despairing here. Engine. (laughs) Um, So people sort of didn't like how much more Hollywood they became, although I I sort of thought that was the realisation of maybe something they'd always been going for. Helen, how are you you affiliated with the Fast series? And are you looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw? Well, when you put that in the notes, I was like, what is that? Is that like a cartoon about two dogs or something so and then not I, very much affiliated no I mean I remember watching um, the first one when it, it came out and um, I, I never returned to the series and I'm just looking at my notes and the notes was apart from the runtime was ridiculous which I think kind of sums it up um, it's, in, it's interesting I'm not really sure that I'm down with that it's ride or die isn't it ride or yeah. die yeah that's not really a motto that I'm going to embrace in my life um, what about family just, just family. <laughs> That's all they say, isn't it? Yeah, it's family. It's really ride and die. Can't no, but no, no one it, dies though, even <laughs> though... People do Giselle die. Giselle Yasha dies so at the end do, yeah. to save Han Solo, who was in Tokyo Drift. His yeah. name's Han Solo. Yeah. Yes, it is. But soul spelled like the yeah. soul in yeah. Korea. Yeah. It's great. I, I do like how it rebooted itself without anyone really asking for it into something which 
I'm guessing from what you're you're talking about and the fans have kind of got on board with it a lot more because how many are we on now? Eight. eight? They've done eight. The, Which is the fate. quite a lot for I, a franchise and one that looks like it's probably going to go on forever and one in which its main star, well, one of its well, main stars is no longer going to be in it, well, although the, he's in part of... He's in part seven. Yeah. He's in seven, so he didn't appear in The Fates of the Furious. Um, and, I mean, this... I was, I was talking to a friend last night. The Fast and Furious series makes billions of pounds, billions of dollars. Each. Well, the past few made That's billions, massive. so they're in the top 50 films, uh, box office films for the past few years, which is insane because the first one was actually quite a small, it was quite a small film, wasn't it? Its global appeal is incredible mm. because, you know, things, it's really hard to get a film that appeals is to so many people. that global. I think there's a big testament in it to the diversity of the cast. Huge, which is, hugely diverse cast. Which is kind of, they don't really sing and dance about it, which is what I really like about it. It's just like, it's The Rock, it's Vin Diesel. You've got... Um, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. You had Gina Carano, who yeah. was then replaced in the later film by uh, Ronda Rousey. So these are also, without kind of getting hacky about it, they're quite strong female characters, yeah. both physically and in terms of the plot points. And... They're not blonde and white. They're, they're not blonde and white and they do play, even though in some ways these are very objectifying films, cars and women and you have, you know... You have those segments still Scenarios where... of just asses, <laughs> a camera moving through a crowd of ladies' bottoms. But then you also have these very strong plot points and within the context of this uh, soapy narrative and character arcs. You know, Michelle Rodriguez is a conflicted character and she's a complicated character and, you know, in this in this movie particularly she has amnesia and is working for the bad guy but then she also feels connected with her ostensible enemy who the bad guy has told her a, a, a bad story about but she feels connected to Vin Diesel and she's moving towards him but torn from him. Like, this is a character that actually has an arc mm-hmm. and 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 her own fight, which is more than you can say for a lot of films that are received better. Uh, Also, this is uh, neither here nor there about this particular topic, but I just love how they're all named. Like, as though, it seems in some way, I don't know if the same people were in charge every time, but I used to do a joke about, like, how I love them and also I can't, I think I, it would be, if you can name exactly, like the fourth movie is just called Fast and Furious. Oh, you mean the name of the title, not oh, the name of the characters. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, also the names of the characters, but yeah, the first one was The Fast and the Furious. The fourth one was- The second one was Too Fast, Too yeah, Furious. Which is my favorite sequel name. Then Tokyo Drift, I don't, uh, that one doesn't uh, do anything for me specifically, but just for the fourth one, they could have gone Fast and Furious, but they just, Fast and Furious- like, if you're looking for, like, those, they seem like, you know, the doesn't change anything. Uh, <laughs> and then just Fast Five, like, we don't even need Furious anymore. Uh, now Fury, like, the it's just so, I want to see them, it, like, for F8, for F, the fate of the Furious, I'd love, love for now everyone that comes forth to be, like, F8, A9, ST, or <laughs> S10, T11. Uh, it's, it's just, it is ridiculous. I mean, 10 has to be Fast and Furious. Fast 10 like, Furious. Like yeah. Fasten. Oh. Fasten. It's all about <laughs> the importance of seatbelts. Alex. <laughs> That's delicious. <laughs> um, how, how, what's your relationship with the I think I'm, um, I, what's the first one? I'm, this is going back to what, uh, what Mike said. I, I, watched, I used to watch Top Gear, not because I liked cars. When I hear my friends talking about cars and all the engine block size and then fucking um, brakes, BPM and everything like that. No, that's beats per minute. Uh, the brake horsepower, I switch off. And I watched the first one and thought, it's an interesting film, but I'm not going to watch a film about cars. Fast Five onwards is not about cars in really, apart from the fact there's cars in some scenes and they're used to facilitating the nonsense. It's just because, it's just lots and lots of fun. And someone had to really wrangle me to make me watch Fast Five because I thought I can't see the point of watching it. And I'm really glad they did because I think it's hilarious and stupid and lots and lots of fun and it's quite an interesting in the same way like Mission Impossible seeing how much they can dial up the insanity with each subsequent episode and that one you're talking about in which is Fast 6 where they went to Burj Khalifa and jumped out one skyscraper flew the car for a good like minute in the air into another skyscraper is one of the most ridiculous things I've seen 
And uh, so I enjoy I'm, it. I'm looking at just back to the names for a second. The there's one one poster for it where it says Fast and Furious Six, but then Fast is crossed just out. So the, yeah, Fast Five, Furious Six. You know, like I I they keep adding. I wonder if they'll. I mean, obviously Hobbs and Shaw. It's, it's gonna then like two Hobbs, two Shaw. You know what, what? What Hobbs and Shaw? Tokyo Drift. Like they can just keep. I also quite like the way, and again, this is a sort of a soap opera convention where characters are not beyond redemption. Mm. Uh, so you, oh, yeah. you have again quite understandable motives. So in this in this movie, it has uh, Shaw, the original Shaw, who Luke is Evans. Luke Evans, yep. who is at the end of the movie defeated and. Um, quite badly wounded and at the end of that this movie Jason Statham Shaw's brother the Shaw of Hobbs and Shaw comes in the next movies are motivated by his quest for revenge and the fact that he is sort of teflon in the way the main characters are give you a gives you a clue that he will eventually be redeemed and fight on the side of the goodies and there's a great scene in one of the later movies where he fights for Vin Diesel's son on a plane and he puts noise cancelling headphones on the baby um <laughs> That's an, and fates then the furious. Yeah, <laughs> fights fights some dude on an aeroplane. It's just it's just beautiful, and it is ridiculous, but it takes itself seriously. Do you think it does? Uh, in a in a way, it knows what it is. It it's, knows what it's, it is, yeah. and it commits it's aware. to it. And it, it it when I I think when people say oh it has a sense of humor or it doesn't have a sense of humor about itself, it doesn't take an easy out. It doesn't do it ironically. Even though it knows it's ridiculous, it's conscious of its own ridiculousness, it commits to it in a way that makes it enjoyable. Here's two things. One is, like, the the fighting, like, you know, the fight scenes. Like, Jason Statham, like, I, lo- I love watching his movies. Like, the the Transporter movies. Like, it is it is like ballet. It's I mean, he's an incredible, you know, uh, per- performer. Fight. Yeah, exactly. A fight dancer. Uh, and what are the other, like, the, uh, the Crank movies. Like, he just, he's... The, and he's he's in a lot of these things where like he knows what he's very good at and and people put him in vehicles uh, literally and figuratively that like and so because like the point of one of the points of this art you know the, is that like the the fighting the is the thing and so in order for like if he was just a bad guy forever then he would either die or be like he would go away but like the fact that they just keep like everyone who's like opposed to them eventually just becomes one of them which is sort of like again what happens in life like the idea uh, of like life is sort of like a big game of do you guys have Red Rover here do you know that game no so there's a game like uh, played by American school children where uh, there's like two lines of people and then one of them yells like Red Rover, Red Rover, send and either like one person or send everyone with this color shirt or everyone send these people over and then you have to try to like break through their arms, everybody's arms and then there's one, if you get through then you, if or if you don't, you join their team. If you do, then you go back and win somebody from there and then eventually the game ends when everyone is on one team and that's the way that life is like where eventually everyone's on the team of death but while it's happening, we're hopefully trying to get Get everybody on the same team of like you know of family you know of togetherness. Well, that's what you have here with Hobbs in the previous film was was the antagonist. Yes. He is the law-abiding person with a code of honor, yeah. and uh, in that way, he and Vin Diesel have this connection, even though they're on opposing sides. Uh, they play off this kind of masculine respect, but opposition and then in this film he recruits them so at the end of the previous film fast they're all scattered throughout the world as as fugitives living happily and wealthily mm-hmm. but he brings them back into the fold by making them uh, white hats yeah. using their you know naughty skills on on the side of justice they, what, these yeah. guys these guys are the a team they, yeah. they are basically the modern day a team they've, yeah. they've been called together for the skills that they have they're on the run yeah and if you can find them then you can hire them, and that's what that's what Hobbs does. Yes, basically. That's one of my favorite favorite like sort of tropes is you know like re- reformed quote bad guys. You know people who were bad who are now like doing the greater good, even like the spirit of the law, if not the letter of the law. Like even and that sort of like ties together with this other thing. 
like the idea of like we're making fun of in some ways like family the sincerity that it's being presented with or like the the blunt like over the head and being like family is important and like the way to demonstrate that family is important is not to yell that family is important <laughs> so that there, there's like the the mask that they're wearing this you know this presentation of like family is important but also that is the truth deep down like beneath that mask there is the reality of that well also it is the driving motive for the narrative the driving motive indeed the, well it's the driving motive and the driving motive in that it, they are driven by their relationships with one another all mm-hmm. of their motives are tied back to their relationships with one another and the cars even though they express their love for the cars the cars are disposable the people are not and i also love that uh, i think in every one in all of the movies that i can remember when they kill people like it's always very clear they're like Oh, those people were definitely like bad. They were they were people who were trying to hurt a lot of people. They were even if it was like from foreign agents from like another government. They're like they were actually like rogue agents within that organization. They weren't just like you know like a real war where there's like people like innocent people who join up and they're like I guess we have to kill these other people who are also just like us. Well, I mean, when, down. They, when people die on the other side, but I mean Giselle died in this, and that was. Um, yeah, but that was a tragic self-sacrifice yeah. of they couldn't, they didn't want to pay her for the next movie. But <laughs> the good guys aren't murdering people in this movie. No, there is not the same sort of um, callous attitude to collateral damage that you see. So you have you'll have a big explodey fight, but it will often be out in the countryside or it will be in yeah. an abandoned parking lot. And th- I mean, when they're in their streets, they're careful not to drive other cars. Yeah, off they the don't road. run many people over. No, and and when they do when they are callous about the loss of life, they're the bad guys. The, I mean, the one before this, we had quite a spectacular scene where they're driving through the streets of Rio with the safes attached to the back oh, of the cars. yeah, man. The, the loss of life in that scene would have been pretty high. That's true, but you don't, <laughs> uh, you don't think about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some, some crazy stunts in this. Um, like I said, they do fly through the streets of London at a speed which no one has ever gone through London because yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's congestion, man. Uh, it's just <laughs> not it's realistic. Impressive. Um, my favourite my favorite sequence is when they're on the motorway and they've got the tanks suddenly appears out of nowhere and they're diving between both sides of the motorway and they're, they're divided by a good five metres of uh, sharp, sharp four. But they seem to be flying between yes. between both sides. And one of my favourite lines was, one of my favourite sequences which leads up to my favourite line is when Vin Diesel um, catches Michelle Rodriguez because she's on the front of a, of a tank which then explodes and flies, catapults her into the air. Vin Diesel jumps across the central reservation, catches her and lands onto a car. And then later on, she says, how did you know the car was going to break my fall? And he says, I didn't. And I was like, <laughs> I love, that's just absolute nonsense. And it made me laugh and it still makes me laugh that these people should be dead, but the physics of the Fast and Furious doesn't allow that unless, you know, plot requires they or die. Or real life. Or real life. Um, what were your thoughts about the, the stunts in this? How do they kind of compare to... In other films, generally, I guess maybe Mission Impossible and other Fast series. I mean, it does seem like they really have built their own thing because I guess like, you know, compared to you mentioned Mission Impossible, like I feel like they're trying to at least appear like it could be in some world more realistic. And here it's it's like a cartoon. I mean, some of the... Uh, some of it is just literally, it is kind of like MC Escher, like, like that couldn't happen. That could like, they're, they're like cars are defeating a plane, you know, uh, cars are like coming out, like going into coming out of like, it's just. But equally, while it is cartoonish, you feel like they've thought through the physics and impossible capabilities of each of the cars that there are, you know, there are, there is weight to the cars and that they move along certain sort of... Oh, yeah, like like Harry Potter, like each, you know, each spell does a specific thing. Like, you know, oh, this wand is this powerful, or if you study this much, like, and say these magic words, and you're like, well, okay, well, none of that, no, none of this, yeah, no, none of this is real, but it, yeah, in the context. It, it's not, and it's not just the cars, it's the people as well, because you have the rock jumping off a five-story building onto a moving car, and just, he lands perfectly and then starts beating up the guy. But also there's the kind of thing where, as you talked about the... Um, the distance from the camera to present Vin Diesel as the same size as The Rock. When they're fighting <laughs> against each other, The Rock would win hands down. Even like Gina Carano and Michelle Rodriguez, Gina Carano would win, win hands down. But because 
just a, the construct of the Fast and Furious physics of then it's a fair fight and everyone's like rooting for whoever you want to be rooting for at the time. Well, it is it is presented as a battle of spirit yeah. rather than the strength a, of a, the soul, a battle yeah. of of will <laughs> rather than of physicality or physics. Um, how are you? <laughs> Are you so this is so you've only seen the first one and and, the, and this one Helen. yeah so I, I was going to say this that um coming into it at this point I felt that I couldn't enjoy it as much as you guys because I hadn't had sort of the relationship and also had not seen the one which kind of you know rebooted it if and, you'd and seen made Fast Five you would have been all set yeah so <laughs> um I did feel as though you kind of Need, you do really need to have seen at least the fifth one to be to enjoy it as much as you can. So that that I, I was a little bit like, yeah, I can kind of see where it's going, but not having had the ones before it, it it wasn't as enjoyable as it probably should be for me. I watched it with my wife, and she hadn't seen any of them before, and she said, "Is there anything it's, I need to know?" And I was like, "Not really." I was just like, "Once yeah. once the rock comes into it, it makes it better. You probably wouldn't enjoy the first one, but." just go with it and she loves like the Mission Impossible films for their for their kind of thing so she was quite set uh, she quite enjoyed it but there were the odd questions like where does Letty fit into it and I was like to be honest I don't know I don't think it really matters <laughs> so just like what's the film and then if there's any answers anything you want answering then you can let it fly yes like whenever if you ever have like a real question of like what can you exactly explain what this is? Because this doesn't make sense. Like you're asking this question doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. I mean, the perfect place to watch this kind of movie is on a plane uh, when a long haul flight between. And I do this long haul flight between Australia and the UK often enough that the perhaps that it skews my liking of these films because. That's what you want. You want this serialized, oh, yeah. semi-nonsensical narrative where occasionally they'll remind you what they're talking about. Mm. On a plane, because, I watched The Flash. Yes, because yeah. you're ex- you're you're exhausted and you're sort of. This is the kind of exactly the kind of thing that you want to engage with. I think it's typified by this in this one at the end. You have the the plane trying to take off. And that scene lasts like 15 minutes. And you have many people on Insta going, the runway must have been at least 50 miles long. (laughs) Based on the fact I've done these calculations, the plane going at 275 miles per hour, then you're like, I think you've... I think you've missed the point of the of the entire film. Yes, if you see all of the physics as a metaphor, um, it's dance. It is. It is. It is. It is dance. That I think that's the way to understand it. That it's not. It's not script per se. It is very physical. All of the fights and all of the cars are a choreographed ballet, and the meaning is conveyed through that. If I may, uh, you may, Alice. I know uh, from our previous conversations, you have been raised with uh, Buddhism of a kind. Mm-hmm. And I read recently the story of Angulimala, mm-hmm. uh, who was, you know, a killer who then became an enlightened monk. Uh, and there's one part of the story where he is uh, running after the Buddha to kill him. Uh, and the Buddha is walking uh, and Ang- Angulimala running can't catch up to the Buddha walking because of the Buddha's abilities and he's like stop you should stop and and the buddha's like i've already stopped you need to stop and so the the idea is like some of the buddha's supernatural powers are that he can potentially like expand or contract different parts of the earth or whatever it is like similarly to the fast and the furious uh like the runway is as long as it needs to be the you know the cars go wherever they need to be uh like when when the point is yeah the point um should we head to the scores guys yes Welcome to our spreadsheet of dreams. <laughs> so um, all scores are out of five and you may have decimal places, as many decimal places as you like. And we will start with you, please, Alice, because it's uh, your choice with the recommendability. Well, I mean, it's it sort of depends because I know that some people will not like this. This is not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I recommend that people try it, particularly if you are on a plane or uh, you have nothing better to do, which is not to underrate how enjoyable these things are if you if they're the kind of thing you enjoy. So I would recommend everyone give it a shot at, at some point. Uh, so I would say five. So would you caveat that with saying maybe start at five and then work to six or would you happily drop them in at six? 
I would I would say start at five um, if you if you want to have maximum enjoyment. But even you know if you have the time, go for one. It's uh, it's nice in in a kind of a meta way to watch the films get more successful and enjoy their success. I you know Tokyo Drift is an underrated one. I think that's probably. Uh, got some great things in it. Because I've never, I've not seen Tokyo Drift three or four, and I think uh, I'm the same. And I'm not really that, I'm not really that bothered. I don't think I feel I need to. T- Tokyo Drift is sort of a, a an addendum, but it does make the rest of them uh, more interesting. Because Han Solo that, that messes in the it. order up, doesn't it? It does. It, it's a sort of a side note. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Um, Mike, uh, I think uh, yeah, for this particular film uh that i'll i'll say film um like if if you're not going if you think that you won't enjoy it then even like the if everyone tells you that you should if you're like like my girlfriend right now is uh reading a bunch of classic not like novels from like the top you know she looks at lists of like top hundred novels and so right now she's reading a tale of two cities she's read like five other dickens books in the past couple months and like moby dick and uh i so if that's if you're like, okay, so I want to read those. And uh, what's this other? Oh, I got a top review, a five out of five for The Fast and the Furious 6. Uh, sure, these seem like, I think that people will uh, automatically like contextualize this recommendation. Uh, so that when I, I will also give it a five, uh, <laughs> though it's a different five than I would for many other life experiences and also artistic experiences. Helen. And there's there's nothing to dislike about these films. Um, I mean, it's whether you're prepared to go along with the the journey of it. I guess um, I don't have as much love <laughs> as you do clearly clearly do for this. Um, uh, so I'm going to go for a three in that. If you have seen any other Fast and Furious and enjoyed it, then you should watch this. But if you're, I mean, it, as much as you want to go in for it, um, but I did feel that. I didn't kind of, I could have enjoyed it more had I seen at least five or maybe one of the other, the later ones just to kind of get the the characters because I didn't obviously have the the thing about obviously the, the rock being sort of after them in the first one and now he's kind of like teaming up with them. So what did you think the rock was doing at the start of this film? It was quite interesting. Um, well, I was just like, well, who is, who is he? And like, how do they know each other before yeah. kind of thing? And what? relationship did they have previously and obviously I didn't obviously have um the Letty backstory I was like so why wasn't she there and I was like oh she they thought she died she hadn't died she'd come back so it was nice they explained that for me later on that was good they do explain it I think I recommend this in the way I recommend having ice cream in that it no one would say whenever you want you don't have to yeah (laughs) but but it is you know, in the way that it's not necessarily physically good for you, but it is good for you because it makes you happy. Uh, so have it as much as you want it. Uh, I'll also add, it's sort of like, I saw Return of the Jedi when I was, you know, six years old, I think when it came out. And I hadn't, I, I had like toys mm. from other, and so like I knew who Yoda was, but like it, I think it would have been better to see them in the the order that- oh, so that was the first one you saw? Yeah. Okay. I, and like I understood, but it would be you know like it's a bit like oh I read chapter four of this book and realized or chapter I read chapter six I'm like I should have started with four <laughs> so four five six and then uh, that's it. Uh, that's quite funny because I thought my I when I was a kid my parents had for some reason the first Star Wars and Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. didn't have Empire Strikes Back and until I was like twelve <laughs> years old I didn't realize because I didn't I know you're a I knew middle Yoda, part of the story I knew Yoda was. A, was in there, but I didn't know what he had to do with anything because he's, he's just a, a force ghost in, in Jedi. Oh, yeah. And people had the toys like, oh, I mean, he's from Star Wars, but I don't know what he does. And you're like, Han Solo is just a guy who runs around in the beginning and yeah. then uh, is somehow uh, frozen in carbonite yeah, later. Yeah, like he just appears. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, this is this is what happens. Um, I think if you, yeah, Fast Five is the one ideally to start with because Hobbs appears in it and that's when the series takes an interesting turn. And also going back to the, the original one, because um, what's it, Luke? What's his name? Mark. Luke, Luke Evans, the actor, or no, not um, who plays Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. I don't oh, like yes. calling Luke. What's he called in this? this anyway, Paul Walker 
is the company. Brian. Mm. Brian, yes. yes. Brian. So, yeah. I, I think they really should just at some point switch to using their real names. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Paul Walker was chasing yeah, Teresi he was, in the, he was, he was the yeah. cop, and now they're, I can't quite remember how they're friends, but then also. He Don't worry about it. He was undercover in the first movie yeah. and befriended Vin Diesel as part of his mission, but then truly befriended him and let him go at the end. Yeah. And then again, they returned. Point break uh, with cars. Point break, <laughs> point break with cars, basically. Um, I'm going to go four and a half. Um, That's pretty high. It yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, look, it's happily watch it whenever it's on TV and it will always put a smile on my face at how ridiculous it is. And I think it's probably my favourite one, actually. I think seven. Hmm. Goes a bit silly, and I like the interaction. Also, we haven't talked about like Ludacris and, um, and oh, those yeah. guys. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this the diversity of the casting is astonishing. Yeah. for how committed it was to that from very early on. Yeah, uh, they're they're even in in the first one, the villains are the sort of a triad gang type characters, and it would have been very easy to make them two dimensional, but they are not. Yeah. Even as two-dimensional villains, they are given some emotional depth uh, when when the the bad guy is arrested in his family home with all of his Southeast Asian family around him. You see the pain of that for him. It's not presented as a victory. It's presented as quite a sad thing, even though he's machine-gunning people all over town. <laughs> um, so they have, you know, in the in the central casting, they have two black guys in the main cast who mm. talk to each other and have a relationship with one another and are not the same person. Passing the Blackdale test. <laughs> Passing the Blackdale Black test. Is that what you call it? We, we had a we recorded recently. Um, episode may or not may or may not be out. Uh, talk about Nightcrawler. And there's a Riz, Riz Ahmed in Nightcrawler. Have you seen the film? Uh, I did see. I think yeah. I did see it. So he's a um, Riz he's, test. Yeah, they called it the Riz test. The, our guests um, in that, and they said it passed the Riz, films that with the with the ethnic diversity, which don't allude to that or make that part of the film. They call it the Riz test, but I think the the Blackdale test is, if you'd like, but not necessarily Blackdale. It's just any ethnic minority. That in makes film. sense. Yes. Well, in that you have you have those characters, and, and one of them is sort of more ridiculous and goofy. Yeah. But again, not without emotional depth, not without a sense, even though he is the comic relief mm-hmm. and leans into some stereotypes, he also has a very real relationship with the other characters. But also, I mean, Gal, uh, Gal Gadot is um, Middle Eastern. Um, there's Latino characters in there. The Rock and Vin Diesel are mixed race. Um, yep. And it's not, it's not even... Yeah, so Brian is the is the palest person of, of the crew and it's not alluded to at any point in the film. It's not like... We need those black guys there. We need the Latino lady. It's just these are the guys, these are the family, and let's let's go. Let's yeah, they go. have they have different sets of skills and they mm. have different character types, and those seem to be at least partly disconnected from their ethnicity yep. or, or or not obviously or... referred to in that way. So, uh, did you say yours? This is your favorite. I think this is my. I think this is my favorite one. For. Your favorites, please. Uh, I I think I I have a fondness for five just because it was the one that sparked, you know, sort of redeemed yeah. the franchise for yeah. so many uh, people. I, as I said at the beginning of this, I find it difficult to disconnect them from yeah. one another. In part, maybe because I watch them in this serialized way when I'm on an airplane. Um, oh, so you start from the first one and go through to on your long haul flights. I tend to start from whatever one has come out most recently and yeah. then almost do them in reverse order. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. How much are you looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw? I'm looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw. I love uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think he's hilarious. Follow him on Instagram. I should recommend He's crazy that. on Instagram. He's good fun on Instagram. He's great fun on Instagram. He's always being so positive. He's very thankful for his success or he's showing you his workouts and that he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning to do <laughs> his workouts or else he shows you enormous piles of food that he's eating or his daughters yeah, exactly. or <laughs> the women in his life or occasional interactions with fans. He There's just, one with him just on a horse once. I mean, obviously it's this deeply curated <laughs> thing, but it's a deeply curated positivity that I think is maybe one of the things I enjoy about these movies. Uh, yourself and Hobbs and Shaw, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I like the genre of stupid action movie, and, you know, this is much more than that, but it's like, you know, I mean, also Statham the pinnacle. I mean, the Rock, what yeah. more could you want? Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. Idris Elba as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no hair, so streamlined, so fast, so punchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, repeat viewing score, uh, Alice. Uh, I I can only speak to my own uh, reference, which is that part of the fact that these are quite shallow means you can watch them again. 
Um, at the drop of a hat kind of thing. Yeah, because they are, they're easy watching. So what's the score? Uh, I would say four. <laughs> four. Mike? Uh, I'll, I'll give it the same for the same reason. Helen? I'm, I'm probably not going to watch this one again, but should the fifth one appear on Netflix or happen to be on TV, I would probably watch that and maybe some of the subsequent ones. So um, even though I'm not probably going to watch this soon again, I'm going to go three for interest in maybe checking another one out. Yeah, I think I'm the three. I haven't watched, I haven't rewatched them since they, I saw them in the cinema and Fast Five I saw on, on the small screen. Um, I'm not sure how much I would watch them again, just because... I've got lots of other films I'd love to watch, but I was super cool. I was, I was like, yeah, of course, I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to watching it. So I'll give it three for for enthusiasm to watch it again when you suggested it, Alice. Uh, small screen score? Uh, five. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go necessarily to the cinema to watch these. Um, I think they are maybe built for the cinema, but in my experience, I tend to watch them on the extremely small screen. Sure, um, of the... Of the- of, of, of the aeroplane or if they pop up on television or, uh, yeah, I think, I think they are this, this sort of, um, yeah, they pop up and they're a delightful treat when they do. Mike? Uh, I do prefer, like, I think I will see it in the cinema when it comes out, uh, like any new one in this series. Because uh, recently there were, I had Movie Pass. I don't know if that was a thing that you guys heard about it's a here. Thing here. And and now now there's a different one that I have just for like specifically AMC theaters. Mm-hmm. Like you know, pay twenty bucks a month and you can see three movies a week. And so with that, like when a movie comes out that I want to see, I can and often do go see it. Uh, that said, I don't think there's any. It doesn't suffer at all. To, like I certainly will watch them on planes. Uh, and if it did come immediately to the small screen, I would have no problem with that as well. So I'll say four. Helen? See, I'm kind of wondering whether they would be quite fun in a, in a cinema. Oh, yeah. That kind of shared enjoyment. And mm. um, obviously they are, they are filmed for, for the big screen. And I mean, if you are going to watch them, watch them early in the run when the cinema is full of 15-year-olds just going mental. Oh, not with a fifteen-year-old. Go with the those elderly people. When <laughs> oh yes, no. I mean, I watched uh, Black Panther in a sold-out cinema yeah. in Peckham Rye, and I don't think I Peckham can ever. Plex. That would have been a Peckham wild Plex, experience. It was absolutely mm. wild because of the jubilation of an audience who hadn't been served by this franchise, but were a big fan of that particular Marvel universe. Uh, big fans, and when when the credits came up, people were on their feet, screaming with happiness. And um, I think w- watching it in a cinema would be a-, a lot of fun if you watch it in a full cinema. Sure. So so, well, I mean, saying that, but then also I, I would not be prepared to pay £15 for it. But however, <laughs> the Peckhamplex, every film is 4 99 yeah, yeah. still. Yeah, £5 um, easy. Yeah, I would pay £5 to see it, but not not 15 So, um, yeah, uh, three and a half. I, I think if, I don't know, I think that when I watched it on my TV at home, I would have got more enjoyment watching it on in, in a cinema than I did with just kind of TV size because it's so ridiculous and mm-hmm. so larger than life that I think you need to give it some credit for that and go and, go and treat yourself to watching it. As big as as big and loud as you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm going well, a bit low. I'm going to go for a three because I I really do enjoy watching the cinema, and I have an unlimited pass, which is a similar thing here with the cine world. And like, say, if there's a film I really want to watch, then I'm going to be there on Friday straight after work and, and watch it on, as soon as it's out. Um, and I'm, I will be doing that with Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and this is the first time since watching Fast and Five that I've seen on the small screen, but I didn't think it really took away from it, but I think I'll still be like more excited to go and see it uh, on a bigger screen for the first time, at least. Sure. Um, engagement score, Alice. Uh, well, you would... This is slightly counterintuitive. You would think that they aren't very engaging because they are so shallow, but that's one of the things that I find really good about them. You just sort of slide into the world and drift off on, on, on dreams. And again, obviously, this is... Uh, 
contextual. I watch them on planes in order to distract myself from being on a plane. And so they're very high engagement for me in that way. So this one where the, the denouement is uh, on a burning plane, does that affect you in any way, shape or form when you watch it on a plane? No, because it is so unrealistic. Okay. The plane, as with the <laughs> runway, is what it needs to be. It's all a metaphor uh, and it's, it is all, all sort of dance. So I would say probably three and a half, four, four. Let's say four. four. Mike? Uh, for me... I will also say for the this particular viewing, uh, like I mean, when I first saw it, uh, it was in a theater, and I was engaged because that was what was happening. But you know, to watch to watch it at home when I've already seen it is a different experience than like if I were watching it at home for the first time. So I think you know sometimes when I'm like rewatching things that feel good and that I like and that I know, I I can you know do other things. Yeah. Uh, without, I think, losing focus or engagement. So that's why four for this. Helen? Yeah, so I think watching it at home didn't force me to be as engaged in it as I should have been. So I was sort of going, trying to go into the story and kind of find out who had been in all of them and a bit of IMDBing and reading the story. So I think having, because I could have that distraction, I was obviously less engaged. And also at two hours and 10, it's a good 30 minutes longer than I would like it to be. So I think if it could be a bit trimmer, mm. nice half, an hour and a half, I would have been a lot more focused in it. And that, I mean, who doesn't love a good 90 minute film anyway? Well, it was at, I'm not sure... 90 minutes will work that well, but there was a, there's a few it's, sections it's where it's a little it just bit flabby, been, or it could have just been a little bit tighter. There's that like one section where Paul Walker goes, gets himself arrested for, for to get just to have like a, a fight, bit of information, and then kind of leaves that leaves again. I think they could have maybe cut that completely cut that out, and that would have been 15 minutes that was would not have made that much difference because then he just appears so later on. Two hours 40, maybe. Oh, sorry, an hour 40. Yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. A bit so tighter would have been good. I think that. So, um, uh, a three. A three. Yeah, I'm going to go for, yeah, three and a half. Um, based on the second viewing and kind of knowing what's going to happen. And because this is the first time I rewatched them, I couldn't quite remember which was the Burj Khalifa flying cars one, which was the uh, Rio one. So when it starts in London, I was like, oh, okay, so okay, what happens in this one? So it was quite nice, like, waiting for the next stunt to happen. And I can never really what happens, I can never really remember what happens with the relationships in within the family. Um, and I forgot that Luke Shaw was Luke. Um, Luke Evans was. The I really first enjoyed Shaw. him. Yeah, I thought, I he, was thought good. he was a pretty good villain and played it really well. What did you make? What did you make of the other gang, the counter gang, where they had their big guy? Of course, he's going to fight the Rock. You knew I, that was going to happen straight away. Oh, I don't know. I just, I just liked um, Luke Evans. <laughs> he was good. Fair enough. Um, so, what did I say? Three point five. So that gives an overall score of. 3.8. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm not sure where it lost anything particularly. Perhaps just, perhaps just I mean, a bit longer. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you, you Alice and Mike, have so much love for it. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, really it's nice. ice cream, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, you don't want to deceive people about what it is. Yeah. But I think it doesn't. I think you, you, if you were expecting it to be something other than what it is, you might be disappointed. But because it is what it is and it's so good at being what it is, um, within its own, as with, you know, it's got its own internal physics, it's got its own internal logic, it's got its own internal narrative and it serves that so well that you can't write it down for that. It's either huh. your thing or it isn't. Yeah, it's no one is uh, nominating it for best picture or best screenplay or... Be unless the, it had its own category, like best Fast and Furious movie, <laughs> like it's which is which is I think our our goal for you know for anything like you know you might I most like comedians that I know most are you know some comedians want to be quote the best comedian but then if you truly look at you know like is Maria Bamford's comedy like better or worse than like Dave Chappelle's comedy like you know Maria is the Mariaist and Dave is the Davist mm. and it's not you know there can be people who like aren't as experienced or like if if for whatever skilled means like this movie isn't competing with many other movies and that's one of the reasons why it does so well yeah when people ask you what kind of comedy you do my whole goal in life is to have People go, oh, that's the Alice Fraser style. There's a Paul F. Tompkins has mm -hmm. a, his, I think, most recent special. He opens by saying, I'm Paul F. Tompkins and I do Paul F. Tompkins based comedy. 
Um, let's go to Twitter before we head off. Um, so we ask everyone, before we do a recording, we reach out to, the, to Twitter and put a little tweet asking for your input, guys. And in this case, we said we're reviewing Fast and Furious 6 uh, with Alliterative, which is Alice, and Mike Kaplan, which is Mike Kaplan. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatching. We had a, a decent response here. Um, Alice, do you want to take the first one? Uh, top Film Tip says, MacGuffin heisting car flipper draws rage and retribution of car crew family in tank rampaging, runway rioting fun. Hashtag Fast and Furious 6, a.k.a. how the world came to be saved by car thieves, ludicrous fun, three overly enthusiastic manual gear changes out of five. He pumped a line to that 280 characters, didn't he? Yeah, and I quite like the, the ludicrous fun. Yeah. That's, that's very clever. I also like the capital letter F in family. <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you want to take the next one, Mike? I'd love to. It's uh, five stars, five furious, which <laughs> I I think that's perfect. It's from our friends the Cine Mile. Thanks for that one. Yeah, and this is this is you, Helen. Yeah, you, this is you, me. You put questioning five their, their, their five star review in that one. Uh, do you um, want to take Sam's one? Yeah. There? So this is from Sam Clements. Thanks, Sam. Uh, best of the series? Question mark. The Rock makes everything better, and then once prompted, he goes for four stars. Yeah, nice. Uh, so applause a praise all the way through and yeah i guess it's no surprise that this each each chapter is making a billion plus dollars with uh, each installment so yeah i don't think anyone who watches this movie hates this movie because mm. if you know you're not going to like it you're not going to watch it yeah i don't i don't think it's hate i mean i was pleasantly surprised i thought it would be quite silly but i didn't think i would enjoy it as much as i did enjoy it um there's nothing you can't hate this film no I think that's what, that's that's the thing. When I watched Fast Five and people made me watch it, they were like, Kobe, you really like it. And I was like... Gauntlet presented. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike and Alice, can you just let uh, whoever's listening know where they can find you online? Uh, not to stalk you, but just to say hello. Yes, I uh, I have a Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Alice Fraser, where I put up uh, blogs and updates and videos. Um, otherwise, I have a trilogy, the Alice Fraser Trilogy, a podcast called The Tea with Alice podcast, and uh, I'm regularly a co-host on The Bugle podcast. And I am not those things. Uh, I'm some of those things. Uh, my podcast is called Broccoli and Ice Cream. It also has bonus episodes that you can get on Patreon and or Kickstarter Drip, the Patreon of Kickstarter. <laughs> and uh, if you search for at Mike Kaplan, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N on all social media, you'll find my podcasts, albums, uh, special on Amazon and anything else that you might want. And I thank you very much. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks as always, guys, for listening to this episode of Flitswatch Podcast. Take a moment to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app uh, and also leave us a little a little cheeky review because that really helps us. It really does. Um, also, do find us on social media. We are on Twitter at Flitswatcher Pod and also Instagram, just at Flitswatcher. Special thanks to our awesome editor, Brendan Russell, for making this episode sound so sweet. And thanks to the mighty people for the tunes you can hear.